Welcome to Cross the Line Sports in partnership with QCD Metro. Right now, I have offensive line coach with me, Coach Goddard. Coach, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I appreciate you. When I first got here, you actually <laughs> greeted me when I came in, so I, I really appreciate it. Uh, no doubt, man. Trying to be that friendly face when you see us, man. It's yeah. all about that love and that family oriented here, man. I love it here. Absolutely. This is my first time coming down here. Well, I actually came, one of my best friends, Dwight Brandon, he played yeah. tight end here. Gotcha. Uh, back in, it was almost like 10. 10 years ago okay so. cool right yes, before sir. me yeah, yeah right so, he, me. so he was here so i came down here for homecoming oh i know uh, you like that oh i had a good time <laughs> I came down here. Go. My, my freshman and my sophomore year i came down here for homecoming yeah and man it was one of the best times that i had good so, good man but this is my first time actually coming to watch you guys practice and yeah. i really enjoyed it you guys are really looking good good so for you so far what from what you've seen like how, how encouraging has this been seeing what you guys are doing getting ready to head into Saturday night? Man, it's been very encouraging, man. We got some young guys stepping up, some old guys being leaders. Uh, young guys stepping up, some older guys being leaders. And so we look a lot better out there. Um, good to see the the guys last year that was injured back on the field, man. We we lost about 11 guys for the season last year. Mm -hmm. Kind of contributed to our 3-8 and eight, uh, record last year. But um, we got all those guys back, and we're just happy to be back out there to perform and ready per yeah. to perform. Yeah, I know last season didn't go the way you yep. guys wanted. Yep. To, like you said, due, due to a lot of injuries. What were some of your goals during the offseason, you know, to get ready? Number one, get healthy, man. Guys had to have surgery. Guys just had to heal, man. So that was our number one goal. Number two goal was to get some of these young guys ready because last year with those injuries, we had some younger guys who had to step up, and they didn't know it, right? So now you get a whole offseason to really get them some experience, get them some knowledge, get them some courage when they're going out there to play against these big dogs. Who do you feel like just being – Going through camp, getting ready. Who you feel like has been some of the guys you feel like has just stepped up? Yeah, you know, heading into the uh, Saturday's game. Absolutely. Well, number one, man, our quarterback, man, our old guy. We call him the grown man out there, Corey Fields. He's just out there being the leader that we know he is. Number two, uh, my right guard, man, Ian Shark, young boy. Uh, I think he's a redshirt sophomore from Conson County, and uh, he's really stepped it up. Big boy, strong kid, and uh, he he's, he looks more confident out there. And lastly, Justin Smith Brown, our wide receiver. Uh, he's a Florida boy, showing that Florida speed, and. Uh, He's been out there being a the leader, catching some good uh, routes and balls and all that good stuff. Being a coach, you know, being the first game of the season, mm -hmm. is it still like a bundle of nerves and emotions that you go through, you know, heading into that first game of the season? Absolutely, man, because I'm an ex-player, man, so I already know what my guys are going through. And as a coach, you want to do well, man. And, and this game is a lot more pressure. We're on ABC going against a great Jackson mm -hmm. State team. And so you, you have those butterflies, but like anything, anytime else you play, after that first drive, they're all out and you're ready to rock and roll. You know, a couple of years ago when you guys played them for the for the championship, mm -hmm. you know, it, it almost felt like you, they kind of overlooked you guys. Of course, yeah. Coach Prime, the legend that he is, yeah, you know, yeah. being at Jackson State. You guys beat him then, but <laughs> do you feel like you're kind of being overlooked now, even though he's not there anymore? They got a new coach. Yeah. Players have changed and everything, but do you feel like this time around you still have been overlooked? Absolutely, man. The world has fallen in love with Jackson State, as they should. They got a great program, like I said. Uh, but I definitely feel like we're taking that underdog role again, and that's good because our guys thrive when they're in that underdog role. And, um, you know, the world, they'll, they'll see what we're made of on, on Saturday, just like we did last time. Absolutely. <laughs> I saw one of the polls that I saw, it had you guys predicted to finish third in okay. the conference. Yeah. Do you pay attention to those type of polls, or do you just, like, not pay attention to what well, the media well, does. Two things. Like, I really don't pay attention to it, but it is a motivational tool for our mm -hmm. players because they see those things and they see what the media and what the fans think about us, right? So that's a motivational tool for our guys. Like, hey, they picked us third, so they're saying we're, the, you know, I'm saying third best team. is two teams better than us. Let's prove them wrong. You know what I mean? Me as a coach, I don't pay no attention because mm -hmm. I know what we have now, and I know they're basing it off of what happened last year. 
What kind of things do you look for that gets you motivated as a coach? Now, if, even though you don't pay attention to that, that type yeah. of stuff, what, what gets you motivated personally? Man, that's a great question. What motivates me is my guys, man, my players. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They trust me. They, their parents trust me. I've been in their households recruiting them, and they trust me to be the, a, a really good coach and get them right. And obviously, man, uh, I ain't going to lie, man. I'm, I'm a former player, so guys not getting accolades kind of mm-hmm. tick me off. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I got one of the best – Offensive lineman uh, player in Nick Taste and all of FCS football, not just HBCU. And when he don't get the recognition he deserves, that that ticks me off, and I want them to be ticked off because now you should play better. You should want Absolutely. to show the media and the world what you're made of. I want to piggyback off of something that you just said not too long ago, as far as like going into a homes, you know, recruiting kids. Mm-hmm. What kind of message when you go into these homes to recruit um, these young men? What do you preach to the parents and to the athletes? Absolutely, man. I'm glad you asked that, man. My sales pitch number one is family. I'm here to help raise your son. I'm here to you passing the baton to me from zero to eighteen. I got him from eighteen to twenty two, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. make sure your son goes back a better man. Number two, we always preach about graduating, guys. Uh, this this football thing is only four or five years, right? But that paper gonna take you further than football ever will. You know what I mean? And lastly, your opportunity to play football at a great university, man. Your opportunity to play on national TV versus Georgia Tech, Jackson State, and Charlotte every year, and to play in a great MEAC conference. So when I'm in there, I'm telling the parents the truth. I'm looking them in their eyes, and I'm letting them know I'm going to be here for the second the, the second quarter of your son's life. Absolutely. What do you feel like is like the biggest transition for those young men when they go mm-hmm. from high school to get into college? I know for me, I didn't play sports. I went to USC Upstate, but I didn't yeah. play any sports. But the transition was kind of like the amount of free time that you yeah. have because you're alone. Your parents are not there to wake you up and make you go to class. Mm-hmm. And you have, of course, temptation is everywhere. Absolutely. And then it's just so many things with parties or whatnot. <laughs> what is that transition like? What do you think is like one of the toughest transitions that uh, these young guys have to do when they get going from home to yeah. being, um, here in college? Absolutely, bro. It's two transitions that, you, that, that, that are the toughest in my opinion. Number one, the off-the-field transition of time management. Managing your time. You said Absolutely. that you got free time. You got this. You don't have your parents ask you. You got homework. You got homework. Do your homework. Have you eaten all that? So it's just a prioritizing what's important with your time management. Obviously, if you're a football player, you got practice, you got weightlifting, you got study hall, you got homework, you got all those different things. On the field, I think the biggest transition is you transitioning from not being a star player no more. Right. Because, man, we might have been star players, and now you get into college, you might be on the scout team, right. you know what I'm saying, for your first year, you know what I mean? Or you might be a third-string guy, backup. But we've been studs all through high school. Right. So I think that's the biggest transition on the field, adjusting to not being the man no more and off the field adjusting to having free time and that time management. Yeah. I, I, I talk to a lot of athletes, um, and I cover the Hornets. I do some things mm-hmm. with the Hornets. And I, oh, yeah. I sat with some athletes in our area, and I talk about, you know, when you're in high school, you, you're like the best player on your team. <laughs> Without a doubt, But yeah. then when you get to college, it's like the guys that you're with, they were the best guys on their team Everywhere, well. so everywhere. Like you're assembling an all-star team. Absolutely. Now. So it's like you have to step up your game. Yeah. Every single game. Man, you couldn't say it better, man. It is all-star team. Like, I went to the University of South Carolina, okay. but I'm from Ohio. So, I'm coming down to South Carolina. I'm thinking I'm hot stuff. I'm all-state, all this, all that. And I'm coming down here. The dude next to me is all-state, all this, right. all that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, South Carolina, we had Georgia boys. They all-state. You know, we had Florida guys. They all-state. So, now you got to rise to the to the top now. Are you going to... Are you going to pack it up and cry about it? Or are you going to go lift extra weights or take extra protein or go do the extra stuff to make you a star player again? Absolutely. Leading up to Saturday's game, 
you know, like I say, you, you played play these guys a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Like I said, Coach Prime is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys have graduated or hit the transfer portal. Right. What do you anticipate going into Saturday's night game, um, and how have you guys been preparing for it? Yeah, man, what I anticipate out of Jackson State is toughness. They're a good, tough mm-hmm. ball team. The thing that scares me is they're like us, man. They're just old school, tough, hard-nosed, uh, what they say, blue-collar type team, man. They work hard, they bust their tail, and they have a lot of athleticism. Uh, the unknown is, this, you know, the transfers. They got a lot of transfer portal guys, and, then, you know, after the first quarter, you're going to know what it is, right? right. Um, so that's the one thing I mean. I know this is going to happen. I'm excited for our guys because just like last time, we know we're the underdogs. We want to go out there and prove ourselves against all those grad transfers and transfer guys that they have. Because, man, most of our team are straight out of high school, out of the state of South Carolina. So that's something that – that's their goals. You know what I mean? That's what they want to show the world what they can do. Is is this kind of like, would you say, the hardest game to prepare for because it's the first game of the season, you don't have any kind of tapes? <laughs> like, how do you prepare for something like this? Because, like I said, like I said, these guys transfer <laughs> portal, they graduate, go to the pro, whatever. Is this the hardest game to prepare for? Absolutely. It ain't even close, man. We watch a film from all over the place, man. We looking at the depth charts. We're Googling people. We're we Instagramming people. I didn't I didn't follow a couple of them on, <laughs> on IG and Twitter. So it's very hard, man, because you don't know what to expect. And I told my guys, man, you know, let's study some of the guys' moves. Let's look at their defense. And then after that, you're going to really make your adjustments off of the first quarter. You know, you're going to see what you have. I think it's more so we should focus on us in the first quarter and what we do good. And then after that first quarter, we'll be able to make adjustments off of their their players and their schemes and all that different personnel and stuff. Walking into this game Saturday night, not knowing what to, uh, what's going to happen, expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like is still going to be, regardless, the key to the game? The key to the game is being physical in the trenches, without a doubt. That's that's pretty much all the games. And um, last time we played Jackson State. I think we we slightly caught the edge on them on the offensive line, just being more physical. I slightly thought our whole team was a little bit more physical than they were. This game, I think we caught them off guard, right? Mm-hmm. This thing, this game, they're not going to be caught off guard. A lot of guys are still there. Their coach, uh, TC, was there as well. Coach TC, excuse me. And they know how physical we are, so we're going to have to bring that and some to the party. Um, and the second thing, in any football game, you can't make those big mistakes. You know what I mean? Let's limit our mistakes or not make any mistakes. How about that? And let's just make sure we're doing the right things not to kill ourselves in this game. In the grand scheme of things, and we're going to get ready to wrap it up, mm-hmm. like, how do you feel about the overall landscape of of HBCU yeah. culture, HBCU football, because for me, I feel like over the past four or five years, it's kind of felt like it started to become a trend. But how do you feel about yeah. the overall, you know, landscape of HBCU um, culture? Man, that's the one area I have to give Dion his credit for, Coach Prime, man. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job of just getting HBCUs more recognition. And um, as I'm on Twitter, man, I'm looking every every day I'm on Twitter, I see somebody getting their biggest freshman class of all time. Like, right. I just saw Morgan State had their biggest freshman class. South Carolina said we had our biggest freshman class. Jackson State had their biggest freshman class. So it's something to be said that it's a hot item to be an HBCU person right now. Right. Um, the culture here is phenomenal. And I only can speak for here, but when I play other teams on their, uh, uh, what's it called, homecoming week, I mean, it's like, dude, you almost forget about the game. You want to go join the festivities, even as a coach. Uh, i never forget when I went. we played FAMU on their homecoming. And, dude, I almost forgot I was a coach. Like, I, I was ready to go do the electric slides or something. So, um, the HBCU culture is like no other. I mean, when people see me with my – you see, I got on the shirt literally that says family. And I didn't go to school here, but they treat me like family. And when I'm out in the grocery stores, I get more people dapping me up and hugging me when they see my SC State colors and my logo on. So, that just lets you know how the culture is. It, it runs thick, man, and um, I, I, 
like I said, you got to give Coach Prime some some recognition, some love for bringing more recognition to HBCUs, period. Why do you feel like it may have been overlooked? Because, you know, before uh, integration, you know, mm -hmm. the top players in the pros. Hall of Famers all over the place, all bro. Hall of Famers and then integration, you know, yeah. it changed. Yeah. Why do you feel like after they just started to become overlooked? Because more African-Americans went to PWIs. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they and they made those PWIs great. You know what I mean? So just imagine. Money yeah, just imagine if some of those really good African-American players went to HBCUs instead of going to those big schools. I mean, mm -hmm. people don't even realize Megatron, Calvin Johnson, uh, went to Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. So now just imagine if he went to one of those HBCUs there in Albany or something down there or Morehouse or something like that and balled out. Or um, or, or even all them Florida boys that, that's mm -hmm. in the NFL. Just imagine if they went to FAMU or Bethune-Cookman or whatever. Same thing here. Just imagine if Jadavion Clowney went to South Carolina State. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So uh, that's what happened. You know, you kind of lose your players to PWIs and that kind of hurt us you know now we're starting to gain that back you know what mm -hmm. i mean we're starting to gain those kids back and i think what it is a lot of these big time programs are going to the transfer portal now we're going back to high schools getting them studs that we shouldn't have got right because they're worried about getting kids out of the portal now we can go get that three or four star who they don't have any more roster spots for right. now he come to south carolina state yeah. Now he can go to North Carolina Central. Now he can go to North Carolina A&T, and now our programs look much, much better, you know. Yep. So I think we're starting to get it back, bro. I think part of it, even outside of just HBCU culture, mm -hmm. just like in business in general, just when people look at, you know, a black-owned business or yeah. anything like that, we don't give it a – it kind of is like we almost look at it with certain like a little bit of a disdain or yep. something like yep. it's not worthy or – we yep. don't look like it, at it like we would like any other you right. Know, business. Now nah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, we look at it with, with less value because yep. we, we talk about it all the time. When I sit with entrepreneurs, um, African American entrepreneurs, like they'll say, people, our own people, and people in general will come to them looking for discounts, discounts, <laughs> handouts. Right. But if you go to a, an establishment like a, a Walmart or yeah. a Costco or something, whatever they say is the price, you automatically just yep. pay it. Yep. As far as like you know, with with the with the culture, it's like yeah. it's almost like. For some reason, like we don't have the same, give it the same value as we, right. as we should. Yeah, man, and we got to fix that. We got to change that narrative, man. And my wife is a business owner, and she she complains and cries to me every night about that. So I totally get that, and we have to do better as a people, as a whole, you know. And I think the one thing about any African American ran business or any African American ran school, you have to change that narrative as soon as that person walk in there. Absolutely. You treat them like you at Walmart or Costco, mm -hmm. or you treat them like you at Chick-fil-A or somewhere, they're going to leave there with a different thought process of that school, a different perception of that school. So when I, like you said, the first thing I did to you was, well, I agreed with you, right? Absolutely. And I'm going to make it, I'm gonna make it feel like Walmart or Costco when you come here. And when you leave, I'm going to dab you up and hug you and tell you my pleasure. Man. So you're going to think you yeah. left Chick-fil-A, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I hope I change your perception of South Carolina oh, State. And so when other people come in there, they're going to come here. We might not be as beautiful as, South Carolina or Clemson, but you're going to feel that family vibe. You're going to feel like we've known you your whole life when you leave, and you're going to feel good when you leave this place. And that makes up for us not having all those beautiful facilities at those other schools. Absolutely. And I think for me, you know, I, I went to USC Upstate mm -hmm. um, from 2010 to 2014 when I okay, graduated. Yeah. But, you know, looking back on it now, when I talk to people, like, even though I didn't play sports in college, you know, part of me wishes that I would have gone to an HBCU just for that culture and that appreciation. Yeah, because yeah. back then when I was young, I didn't really understand, didn't like, understand the value yeah. of it. Yeah. But now looking at it in, like, the culture and how yeah. some of our greatest leaders have went to HBCU. Absolutely, absolutely. It makes me wish, like, you know what? 
if I if I could do it over again, I probably would. I, I would choose yep. a, a HBCU. And listen, bro, because I've been working here for five or six years, so this all my kids know. Like my sons want to come here now, you know what I'm saying? And I love it because I'm like, man, we're making a difference. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm gonna bring my kids here, and he's gonna make a difference. So, I, I, I mean, I didn't fell in love with it myself. So, absolutely. So, a couple more questions. Oh, you good? Get ready to wrap it up. What do you think we should do to, you know, kind of keep those like the top ranked athletes or just athletes in general? Like, what can we do, you know? To, to get them to come to HBCUs and, and help, you know, increase the value and generate the revenue here? Number one, let's not be scared to recruit those guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, a, I'm guilty of that myself. Sometimes you see a five-star, you're like, oh, man, he's going to Georgia, he's going to Alabama, and you don't give him a shot. I think you still should shoot your shot. Just like we see a fine girl in the club, we're going to shoot our shoot shot, shot at her, right? <laughs> so you see that good stud player, shoot your shot. You never know what his family and his household is thinking. He might be the next Travis Hunter. You know what I'm saying? He might be the next uh, Shadora Sanders. Who knows? And that could change your program. <coughs> Excuse me. And that could change your program, right? So let's not be scared to shoot our shot. Absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Oh, oh you're fine. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for you, like, overall, like, when you look at it, just, just what does just uh, HBCU culture, what does that ultimately just mean to you personally? Being proud of where you at. Being proud of the people who came before you. Being proud to say that this is an HBCU, you know what I'm saying? Being proud to be in school with people that look like you. Mm -hmm. I think just being prideful of where you at and who the people who laid these bricks for you. Um, I think that's what I get out of this place, you know what I mean? They're so prideful about everything, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I love when I'm on Twitter and I see girls saying this is my HBCU. Or, or guys, not just girls, I'm sorry. But girls and guys saying this is my HBCU. They're taking ownership in what they thought this place was or this place was to them. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. And if we could continue to do that, that will help us with, with revenue and money and everything. And uh, secondly... Just bringing our own notoriety to it. Like like you said, man, we walk around Walmart. You see Clemson and South Carolina. I'm talking about South Carolina here. We, you see Clemson and South Carolina gear everywhere, everywhere you at. Yep. Yeah, let's let's make sure we got a South Carolina State t-shirt. Or let's ask the manager, GM, hey, why don't you have a South Carolina State t-shirt in the Orangeburg Walmart? So let's just keep bringing that notoriety to it. Let's keep bragging about it. Let's keep wearing our gear in the airports. You be in the airport, bro, you're going to see somebody with an Ohio State t-shirt and a Bama t-shirt. How often do you see people with their FAMU shirts or their uh, Texas A&M shirts? Uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, Texas Southern shirts. And you want to wear your colors, rep your stuff, man. Like you are the biggest billboard for your for your program. You know what I mean? You are the free advertisement for your program. So uh, I love what Johnson C. Smith. I swear I see Johnson C. Smith on Twitter all the time because they got the beautiful Charlotte in the background. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got one of the best views and skylights of an HBCU. Yep. It reminds me of Seattle Seahawks. You got the city Seahawks. right behind the stadium. So let's just make sure we repping and showing people how good our little piece of heaven is. My last final question, and I'll mm -hmm. get you out of here on this one. Ultimately, we know the goal is to win the conference, win the national championship. Absolutely. But what kind of goals do you have for yourself personally? <laughs> Personal goals? Ah. Uh, I don't really talk about my personal goals because my personal goal is to make sure my guys are graduating. Okay. Uh, they're becoming better men. 
and um and, and they get an opportunity to go to the next level, right? Um, obviously, we always want to win championships. So, I mean, my goal number one is to win the MEAC championship. I know that road goes through North Carolina Central and some of the uh, Howard and some of the other good schools here. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we want to get back to Celebration Bowl, man. We went two years ago, and dude, it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The, the, the Cricket Celebration Bowl people put on a phenomenal show, the swag, the MEAC. I mean, we had a great week there. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want these guys to experience that. Uh, Long-term goals down the line, just want to continue to coach O-line. Hopefully I get an opportunity at the FBS level or NFL level. But right now, what I'm trying to do is make it do, make it happen here. I want to continue to put numbers up on our uh, billboard up here, uh, on our press box. And uh, I want to make sure all, all of my young men that I recruit and office linemen all graduate from here. Absolutely. Coach Goddard, thank you for yeah. your time. Good luck Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Physical. We'll be around. Thank you. Man, thank you so much. Have a good one, big dog. Sure. Oh, Have yeah.